D-A-K-I-C-K-B-A-C-K. Another episode of The Kickback with Sabrina, Sharika, and E.B. Sit back, relax, and vibe. What's good, Kickback family? Hope you guys are great out there. I can tell you that we doing great moving along with 2021. We're already done with two months. Mm -hmm. Time is already flying and it's crazy. Might even say this on the back end of the podcast, but for those of you who may have already fallen off the wagon when it comes to your New Year's resolutions, your goals, the things that you wanna lock in for 2021 to make yourself better, whether it's mentally, physically, financially, spiritually, whatever that looks like for you, hey, two months are already out the way. Don't beat yourself up for it. We got 10 more months to go. You know, Sharika, Sabrina, how y'all feeling? What that temp check like? I haven't fallen all the way off, but I did take a stumble. And I appreciate the encouragement to get back to it. You guys know I talked about how I've been on the keto. Sabrina said this meme that said a cheat day turned into six months. Listen, not quite six months, but a good almost two weeks. But Monday, guys, I'm back on it, okay? I'm back on it, fully committed to the keto. And it was working well. Listen, it was a Valentine's Day for me that made me mess up. I dessert and all that and then it was just like literally one thing after another following days and I have not been able to get back to it so I appreciate the encouragement Evie besides that I feel like I'm doing well you know I can't complain there's so much to be grateful for another day of life your girl's on a way I wouldn't say it's a mini vacay but it's a little getaway and it's been nice to be away it's nice to spend time with family even though it wouldn't be the circumstances that I would have preferred but it's still nice to be away for a little bit, reconnect. And so I am doing very well. The temp here where I am is cold. EB would say it was cold. He probably would say it was freezing because he's saying Florida weather is cold. If y'all saw the amount of snow that I had to experience, whew, coming from Florida, it, it was wild. But I enjoy the snow a little bit here and there. So it was a nice little experience. I enjoyed that I don't have, you know, shovel it or whatever, but it is beautiful to see. It's nice when you don't have to live here. So I'll say that. There's the I'm Walking on Sunshine. Is there a snow song? I don't know of one, but I was trying to think of a snow song. I don't know of one, but <laughs> Kanye has it a song about the coldest winter. Oh, Kanye. Oh. Uh, still banned from like from the kickback. Is he still? Are we still not talking about him? He never been banned. Y'all tried to ban him. I ain't want to ban my dog. I was going through mental health illnesses. So I break my own ban to say that Kanye does have a song called "Coldest <laughs> Winter" and Pentatonics did their thing with it. So Sharika, maybe that's your song. I don't know what's going on at the office. It's not the coldest winter in Florida, but it's the coldest winter in the office. Literally, as soon as the sun peeped out, they decided to blast the AC at like 60 degrees. I'm like, what are you doing? I just had to turn my forbidden space heater off. And now <laughs> it's so cold. I literally have two blankets in my office. But anyway. The office, they do be doing that. I'm like, do I really own heat? Like, does it even, con it is so cold there. How can you expect people to work? My hands are freezing. How can I type? It is terrible. It, it makes no sense. It sometimes it'd be colder in the building than it is outside. Always, always, always. So I'm not very happy about the situation. <laughs> situation because it's very cold but inside I feel happy I'm on my I've been working on the railroad all the good long day because I'm in a good rhythm with life just with my home 
situation. I feel like I'm in a good little rhythm like that song. Like they're just saying, I'm going through the motion. Life is good. I don't get the verse. That's about somebody is in the kitchen. I know that part. I never (laughs) understood. But parts of my life, I don't understand. But I'm good with it. I'm good with it. So that's my tent today. It's been a really good month general. I love talking about the black history. So I'm feeling good. I'm just working on the railroad. What about you, E.B.? I would say I am doing good. I temp, if I would have to put a number on it, it's anywhere between that 85 to 90 range, like with a little bit of clouds out with the sun and just a little pint of a wind breeze, just a little bit, not too much where you're like, why am I, you know, shivering or whatever? Why do I feel like I have the chills? Definitely feeling good. And if it was a song that would come to my head for this week, it'll be something that I would recommend all of you out there to listen to. And I know some of our listeners are not necessarily what we would consider believers or people of the cloth. Shout out to some of my cousins who'd be like, I I don't understand what y'all be talking about. Y'all be talking about that church stuff and I got to turn it off. But hey, this is something for y'all because y'all need this church stuff, whatever you want to call it. My song of the week is Promises by Maverick City because it starts off with faithful through the ages the God of Abraham, you're the God of the covenant and faithful promises. Time and time again, you have proven you'll do just what you said. Though the storms may come and the winds may blow, I'll remain steadfast. Sometimes people don't remain steadfast because they think that his promises are diminishing or out, it's just not present. But I just want y'all to know that God is faithful and his promises, age to age, they're faithful to each and every one of us. That was beautiful, Evie. Nah, I feel bad about my song. I mean, it's not a bad song. Why? Evie's just so, so beautiful. It's just like, do I really want to mess the vibe up with Unwritten? But I love that song. And I just feel like that is the vibe for me. Natasha Bedingfield, Unwritten. And I, and that's the energy that I feel. It's like, what's the next chapter? It's Unwritten, but I have so many well, aspirations, so many goals. And I just feel like the best is yet to come. If y'all don't have any positive things that you're looking forward to, start thinking of some stuff. And if you fell off some of your goals, just get back to them. We're going to talk about Harry Fuser. He is known as Black Harry and Harold to be one of the best preachers around. He was born, hey, Sabrina, in North Carolina and freed in Maryland, where I grew up. Around the end of the Revolutionary War, Harry would be the first to preach to a white audience, in part because his delivery was so impressive. The fact that he was illiterate makes his ability all the more striking. He traveled with Francis Asbury, the notable leader of American Methodism, preaching to a great applause with great conviction. His famous sermon, The Barren Fig Tree, based on Luke 13, verses 6 through 9, is considered the first formal sermon given by an African-American. He summed up his work this way. I sing by faith. I pray by faith. I preach by faith and do everything by faith. And so I wanted to shout out Mr. Harry Hooser for all his work in the ministry you're illiterate but yet you were able to deliver such great sermons and was able to african in america to be able to um, preach the first formal sermon i'm like to be able to break the barriers of not just be a preacher amongst your own people but be able to break that barrier in that in such a time like that and be able to 
being receptive by people not of your same ethnicity, especially when the tensions and the hate and you were born into slavery and all that and still be able to preach God's word to people that don't care nothing about you is a beautiful feat. I feel like only through the Lord Jesus Christ, he was able to do that. So I wanted to shout him out today. Definitely shout out to him. If I'm not mistaken, he was one of the most popular people during the America's second great awakening. Mm-hmm. Um, saying like you would hear the name here and there and just having peers within the Methodist church. I'm like, do you know who this person is? I'm like, no, never heard of him. And then they have like this rich history or knowledge of a person, of course, who comes from their lineage of faith within their denomination. And it's just interesting how other places or other churches, you know, don't try to connect these links of great people who have made an impact on the faith. It's like certain names that you hear. It's like, that's great and all, but none of those people don't look like me. So you mean to tell me that's the only people who change the faith? Like it's other people out here. So thank you. All we hear is Dr. Martin Luther King, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King. (laughs) Definitely thank you for bringing that to the table um, and inviting him to the kickback. So friends, we're going to have a little hot topic section. I don't know if that phrase is um, trademark. So, you know, we'll tread lightly on the hot topic. And let's start with my friend, Jay-Z. You know I love me some Jay-Z. I know that's not always a consensus everywhere, but I love Jay-Z. And lately he's been in the news for his deal. And I had to look it up because I'm like, why are the letters out of the wrong order? L-V-M-H. And if you were like me, what is that? mean and it is Moet Hennessy Louis Vuitton why do y'all say it one way but the letters be out of the anyway so I was like this don't make no sense to me anyway he sold his champagne or champagne (laughs) to this company and it's a big deal Um, if you partake in drinking champagne handle your business do what you do or if you have ever been to a local grocery store sometimes Publix Walmart I know everybody who listen is not from the south so your Kroger your Piggly Wiggly probably don't have this but those type of stores um, or any liquor or alcoholic beverage store you may have seen a champagne bottle or you may have seen a bottle of what looks like champagne or wine with like the spade symbol if you're playing cards. That is still um, Jay-Z's brands or whatnot, Ace of Spades. Mm-hmm. And he sold half of his share to Moet Hensley or Louis Vuitton Moet Hensley, the owner, Don Perignon, where it's like, we're going to do a 50-50 split. Or as, as he explained on several interviews last week, as you'll be listening to it now, but last week or the week before when it happened, was because certain things that you can't call like certain wines or champagne mm-hmm. if it's not grown within that region. So right. coming... I guess partnering or being in a partnership with a big brand like that, it's it was more so of like, I want to give the best quality or a better quality, I would say, to consumers. So other individuals have been in the game longer than him and they have more what we would consider wineries or plants or vineyards and other places. So just, you know, partnerships, collaborating, which we'll be talking a little about collaborating during EB Expounds. So just a good business move by a great businessman. Because most of these companies that do sell the wines and the liquors and all that, that a lot of people do participate in or partake in is what I really want to say, don't have the ownership of people of color. It's an industry that is not always easy to get into. You have to come in with these partnerships. And a lot of people, even in 2021, 
still don't feel like people of color have much to add to their industry. And I think that's kind of what even started Jay-Z with even creating his brand in the first place. When you feel like people don't want you and when you're trying to collaborate with people and you're like, oh, you're not good enough. You're just a thug. You're just a rapper or whatever. We don't want you tainting our brands and different things like that. And he was like, you know what? Y'all don't want me apart. I'll make my own thing. And you'll see how our people support, how our people have value and our dollars are just as good as y'all's dollars. And now being able to take what you own and what you created. And now these people, not the LVMH brand specifically, but other people are now taking notice and now want to be a part of what you're doing. And then that always the case. So shout out to my boy, Jay-Z Glad he's for doing, doing right. oh, not doing something right. Well, I can't celebrate him. <laughs> but you said something as if she barely does things right she said she ain't she ain't forget i will neither uh confirm nor deny the implication that you placed on my statement i just give him a shout out (laughs) oh jay Well, his, his mother-in-law be- wrote a beautiful letter to him you know congratulating him i respect it I also respect their low-key love. It goes back to what we talked about a couple of weeks ago. It may have been the first episode of this month just about everything is not for social media. You don't need to have your business out there. Mm -hmm. I see other couples in the media, famous couples falling apart, just like Denzel Washington. I don't even know his wife's name. They think of them thieves up in here. (laughs) And look at Beyonce and Jay, you know what I'm saying? So it's just another Mm -hmm. reminder, guys. You might have got booed up or bayed up for Valentine's Day. Let that be between y'all. I know for the first couple of months, you know, I was low-key with me and Doug because I needed it to be me and Doug, a firm foundation. Let's figure out what's going on before we need y'all to tell us what's going on over here. So I will say I respect Beyonce and Jay-Z for that. Right. And you're right, though. Everything ain't for social media. Everything, not that you're over there trying to hide your relationship or stuff, but everything ain't for everybody. We don't need to know all the valentines and all the cars and this he got me this and those are cute sometimes but then y'all want to be quiet when y'all break up we like well what happened y'all done carried us through this whole we didn't saw the whole got together we didn't saw the whole all these things and now all of a sudden you you were you single again and now we don't know why well what happened now now y'all want to leave us out of the relationship i want to know what happened no not i really don't be caring but i be caring that's what like and i, I say i be caring not because i want to be in nobody's business but i'm like you you show part of it like if we're gonna be transparent let's just show the whole thing um that's why it's it's interesting because this actually came up me and one of my best friends was talking shout out my homeboy mj he listened to the podcast actually let me take it back because i said mj i just disrespected that man dr michael jean baptiste okay let me let me put some respect on his name homie is still single just so y'all know that he's an educated man. I don't know if he want me to throw his business out there like that, but I just did. I know he probably wouldn't mind. If you don't know Jesus and you don't want to have kids, he don't want no interest. Don't in waste your time. Yeah, don't waste your time. <laughs> I know that much about what he is looking for. But Love now, connection on the kickback. Let's do it. Just a little bit. I was talking to him and um, we were just having a conversation. And he said, hey, EB, so-and-so, I won't put the person name out because they listen as well. But so-and-so, they say they've been trying to link up with you and Judith and trying to get y'all to link up. And I was like, yeah, I heard something like that. But one of the things I'm adamant on, and I always tell my wife this, is I don't do double dates for the sake of doing double dates. Like, I feel like our our friendship have to be grounded before we just say we're going out with these people, only because if something were to fall off, I can handle me and Sabrina being friends and me and Sharika being friends, even though Sabrina and Sharika may not be friends. 
other people don't know how to handle that. They feel like if you my friend, I have to be. That's not how it works. Um, and I was no, they dictating that, your friendships. Yeah, correct. Some people operate in that space. Now I can say for the most part, me and Judith, we don't operate in that space. But for the betterment of relationships as a whole, I don't want to get to know a person that you might not be serious with. Like if y'all going through this little honeymoon phase, y'all just been together two or three months, this might not be the time for them to meet up with the homies. Because then other future <laughs> events or scenarios or outcomes might be real awkward when they are invited to a birthday party or a dinner celebration or a gathering or a wedding. And it's like, nah, y'all at odds or y'all just been chewing each other out on social media and now y'all just want to be cool. No, it don't work like that. So I was like, just make sure y'all serious before we just go to Wingstop and have some chicken. You know, we we ain't just, we ain't just kicking it just for fun. My schedule too important. <laughs> EB said, "Cause if I still like your your ex bay, I'm inviting him to the birthday party, and your feelings may be hurt because you may see them again, and they may be with a new bay, and that's just gonna be your problem." And I don't want that toxic stuff. I don't need that negativity at whatever event I'm hosting. Uh, EB said, "He ain't wasting your time in your casual relationship. He needs serious dating or better before he get invested." Well, Sabrina alluded to some of these couples out here in these streets that ain't ain't making it. Listen, I know we talked about how. Kanye was banned. And, but in this scenario, this is one of the few times where actually, actually, I found myself feeling a little bad for Kanye in a few, in a few scenarios. But I'm sad that his little relationship with his, Sabrina's giving me the girl why. I feel bad that his little relationship is breaking up. Him and his wife of seven years plus, they're calling it quits. Listen, anytime a divorce happens, it's sad. It's sad when people can't work it out, even outside of divorce, when relationships where people started with great love and then neither party can work past that because of whatever the reasons, it is sad. That being said, are we really surprised? I mean, Sharika, you and I were talking about this a couple of weeks ago and we were told, no, the love they have for each other, but no, like, you know, they're just one of the couples that didn't make it through the pandemic. They actually had to spend time together. And Kim was like, this actually isn't it. The tweets and stuff are cute every once in a while. But when we have to be here together and not have the nannies and all the hubbalu and see each other and, you know, you see different headlines. We don't know the truth. The only thing that makes me feel a little bad for Kanye is that in one of his like worst times, his family was like, bye-bye, which maybe it's amicable. Maybe they're both just like whatever, but I do feel I'm like, dang, you know, because he is struggling with mental health issues. But it goes back to what we talked about. That's not an excuse for bad behavior because if you are refusing, which this is just alleged, right? I don't know this to be true, but if you're refusing to do the work to take the medicine, to to go to the counseling, and you're still acting out? Is it still ride or die in that situation? Honestly, for me, I think it would be. Uh, I would see my marriage like, listen, unless you lay a hand on me, because then I'm going to be in jail, so you might as well divorce me. So unless you (laughs) lay a hand on me or, you know, out here in somebody else's sheets, we riding out to the sunset. And that's just what it is. It's the in sickness and health for me. This man is sick. Listen, it's the pandemic, but also how many houses y'all got? He could have went to one of the other ones or maybe he was there. I don't know. But also, do I feel like this woman needs to suffer? I don't think that, that, you know, she needs to suffer in a situation that may, I don't know how bad his episodes got. I don't know if she felt unsafe. I don't know if she felt her kids feeling unsafe. I don't know how bad the episodes got. And so it's hard to be like, it's hard because when you know someone has mental issues, you know, that's a tough, tough situation to be in. But also, 
Kim's track record ain't that great. I mean, what is it, third divorce? I mean, nothing. It's hot. She said, oh yeah, I, I don't have to be here. So they were in separate houses and then that's when she realized it was just mm-hmm. here without him. He was at the Wyoming ranch yeah. within LA, you know, but we've seen all the signs leading to this because he was making statements like he's going back to Chicago and she was like, I emoji, who's going back to Chicago? <laughs> I'm not going back to Chicago. And all this stuff. I'm never there. You they know, I'm LA. Same, same page. Like when his goals and aspirations no longer were running along the same mm. path as hers. For me, it was a business decision, honestly. She's like, he's not about to mess up this coin in this spread. Thanks for the memories. Like he used to write in the yearbook to people you barely knew. Yeah, and, she, yeah. and for her, I'm not saying that she wasn't in love. I don't know. I remember when I did watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians, which was a long time ago. I remember that time they were at the store and he walked in and she was like, Mr. West is in the building. And they weren't even really together, but I could tell that man had it. I don't know. I won't say he was in love, but he had a strong infatuation with Kim from then. And I was just like, oh, this man really, really like her. Kim is very hard to read sometimes. I don't know who Kim really, really likes. Oh, you know who I did? Reggie Bush. That was one man that Kim really, she loved her some Reggie Bush. And I don't know, she's loved ever since in the way that she loved that Reggie Bush. But I mean, I feel like with Kim, it's like, I'll take him, I'll leave him. I don't care. Like, What's good for now may not be good for me later. And I feel bad saying this because I don't, like we say, I don't really know these people, but I just feel like she's she's not the ride or die. Like that, not for a man, maybe for her sisters or her family, but not for no man. She ain't no ride or die. It's not the in sickness, it's the in good health. And as long as this can work for me, but once you just start, you just doing too much, it's, it's a no for me and I'm out of here. So in that way, I'm not surprised. I feel bad for Kanye because like you said, you know, this man is and not in the, the best of spaces. He then walked into a whole family and he already was, you know, didn't have that great of support system. And now he's really, you know, he's going to be struggling, I think, a little bit more than obviously she will. So I do feel bad for him in that. Why do you think he's going to be struggling? He's Kanye West. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be struggling. I mean, not, not struggling as in like money. No, people, I don't like, think in any way. I don't think in any way. Who's going to hold Kanye who, down? Who, who tweeted last year, I've been trying to get a divorce? That was Kanye. He's like, I'm off of this. We might be surprised how Kanye feels about it. But who's going to support him though? He's Kanye. Not everybody needs that. Some people thrive without that. And they don't need like a friend, a posse, call me when I'm hurting. No. I mean, I know theoretically people are made in community, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not everybody needs that. When you go off the tracks and and somebody needs to reel you back in and be like, no, you need to get to this doctor. I'm going to wait till the divorce is final actually speak mm. on it this is just not the first time they've dove down this lane this is maybe time number three four of i'm filing we're gonna have a divorce we're pulling the papers no we reconciled we went to marriage counseling so like for me it's one of those things because of their children and they both have a deep love of course for their kids they have found mm-hmm. ways to make it work now has the last straw come off the camel back i don't know I'm not in their circle. I'm not in their home. As we just talked about, they were living separately and they maybe have realized that, hey, maybe it is better when we're apart from each other and the kids just travel back and forth to mom and dad and visit. And that's one of the other things. If they came to that conclusion, if during this time he's been somewhat what we would consider okay, when he disconnected from her and went to the ranch, that's when he started the Sunday service. So he was in a good space of being like what I guess my creative or my artistic cognitive skills have come to light during this space. 
And I don't think nobody can control a person who always feels they need to be in control, right? So as far as reeling him in, this is the same person who tried to run for run for president or who didn't run for president because he was in a, on a couple of ballots. She couldn't reel him in then. Um, he never really got along with the family as a whole. I think they just made it work because of mm-hmm. maybe it was monetary and business. Maybe it was a sense of love. Maybe it was just the kids. I think it was ever a point of, hey, how do we come together? How do we compromise? How do we collaborate? It always seems like you do you, I do me, and we smile at these award shows. Or you smile and I mean mug and everybody wonder where I'm at. And then I just tell people, there's nothing wrong with me. Stop worrying about me. Like So he's always been in a sense of isolation. And I know I said this when we first started probably back in August. One of the things with him, or August or September, whenever I had said it, as Sabrina mentioned, as far as having that support, the only support he's always really had, I can say the only, the only one I know of has always been his mom or mm-hmm. the industry whether that was the shoes and Adidas or Nike when he was working with them, whether that was the music industry, but it was like, if he wasn't with his mom, he was creating. And so I think if he's still creating, that's where he finds his joy or his peace at. Because even when the world thinks some of his stuff is, and I say the world thinks it's terrible because it's like, what was that? It sells records. I was just going to say, they still be buying it. He makes money and he still feels like what he put out was genius. And so I think definitely he'll definitely, if they were to get a divorce, I think he'll be okay. I'm not worried about what he's going to be at on his own per se. I think he spoke a prophetic word because even if they do get a divorce, I have every reason to believe years from now, they're going to they're gonna run it back and be like, oh, this person oh, this was always, okay. when it's easy again. I mean, think about mm-hmm. most people, most people who are billionaires, think about the couples you know, if they could just take some time away from each other. If you don't have to work through a situation, it is easier. It is. They had the ability to, to escape each other. Probably the best thing for them would have been a force them to be together in that one house. And maybe they wouldn't be getting a divorce because you go up that mountain and then after you hit that, you know, that top level you do work it out and then you walk you walk back down it you know hills and valleys as Mm -hmm. Wells tried to tell us totally different type of relationship he's talking about (laughs) but I get it I I just think it got hard and then when they were apart they're like oh this is working out so I'll see you later in their relationship and a lot of these celebrities relationships I don't really put nothing past none of them they might like you said run it back again they may not even really go through with it. Who really knows a lot of factors that they consider beyond what normal people like. They're considering their business and, you know, what, what's a good look and what's not a good look. In essence, I do think Kanye will be okay. When people have mental illness, I'm always just like, I don't want nothing, you know, terrible to happen and, and they just out there on their own. But people got to live their own lives. So if he ain't worried about the medication... Can I be? I, I I don't. All right. So this topic I did want to get into. If you're not in the Christian world or you're not familiar with a lot of the things going on lately in the Christian sector of I don't I don't want to say pop culture, but there was this very famous pastor preacher, Robbie Zachariah, who recently passed away. Well, since his passing, a lot of things have come out about him. You know, he was well-renowned, world-renowned. So many people followed his ministry. So many people loved him. So many people felt like that he was extremely powerful. And I'm not saying he wasn't all these things, but so many people were moved by his ministry. But now it's come out that he had a lot of misconduct. He had a lot of women now that are speaking out against some of the ill treatment that they received. Basically him using God as a way to coerce these women into doing sexual things with him and then throwing 
threatening them, saying that if they tell that they're basically ruining other people's salvation because them speaking out against him is going to tarnish his reputation, which is going to cause other people's salvation and all kinds of crazy stuff. And so the Christian community has been at odds. Oddly enough, you would think, wow, wouldn't there just be one clear side in this? Some people are feeling like they have to defend him or, you know, well, he was just a human man or whatever. And basically not really validate some of these stories and different things like that. What are y'all's thoughts on this? So I'll begin by saying that I empathize in the best way possible with those victims who have been under his ministry or his leadership and those who or have experienced that in other ways or maybe is experiencing that now. And how do you figure that out? How do you navigate those muddy waters? You get to a point, you don't necessarily get surprised by certain things, get shocked and you get stunned, get disappointed, get frustrated, mm -hmm. get disgusted that individuals treat others the way that they treat people. Then I'm reminded that I wouldn't believe what I believe if that wasn't happening, so to speak. And not saying that these abuse wasn't happening, but that's the whole purpose of Jesus coming to this earth because people who were created to be one thing wasn't living that out. And just always trying to keep that at the forefront of how within my circle of sphere or sphere of influence am I making a difference or an impact. And sometimes leaders are held accountable. Other times leaders are not held accountable. And it's how do you as an individual respond to those issues or those situations in any way. And I know sometimes what happens is people respond in a way that doesn't reflect the kingdom. So that's sometimes why you see people divisive because mm -hmm. some people see accountability as, hey, this should happen. Like we see this within scripture, iron sharpens iron. So I'm gonna call you out on stuff or, or whatnot. But then other people take those same moments to degrade one's life or one's actions. And just gotta be reminded of that grace that you have to walk in and how you choose your own words or your own actions. One of the things I remember hearing just this past week from our pastor here in Tampa, where he was like, love the sinner, but hate your own sin. Mm. And sometimes people find a way to love the sinner or hate the sinner and hate their sin, but never talk about the speck in their own eye. So just being careful how you navigate any situations. So as you hold others accountable, make sure you're holding yourself accountable, but not necessarily surprised or shocked. Disappointed would be the way that I would word it. And I would tell the world that I'm still watching and listening to Rabbi Zacharias. The way he really? responded to people who had the faith of atheists, the way he defended the faith. Like God can use anything. And I think people forget that. That's one. Two is the way that he articulated the gospel message still stands true to the Bible. Was he living that out? No. Or let me take it back. During those actions, was he living that out? No, because I don't know what happened after. I'm not here to judge him because I can't get him into heaven or hell. But for the past, I want to say seven or eight months of his life when he started to get sick, I don't know what happened with him in God. I would hope that he found a way to repent. I would hope he found a way to get it together. And he was I was still lying up until his death. Just so you know, I'll mm -hmm. send you the whole article. Uh, like I, I would love to see that only because I know he did have also a period before his death where he wasn't communicating with anyone. That's just one. So I would love to see that article and I would love to fact check it because I know it wasn't in the independent report. And then the other thing that I would say in context to that is for me growing up and I've experienced this and I've been a part of them, settlements is usually some form of admission of guilt for some people. It's no way I'm settling with someone who 
I know I've done nothing wrong. And we know that his company settled in the past with people or he settled in the past because he was kind of like a one man show and he kind of ran his organization as such. But it'll be interesting to hear your thoughts. One thing I love about the relationship that we all have, and honestly, in a lot of my friendship is that we can strongly agree to disagree. So there are many points I'm going to disagree with Evie on uh, from the one I do think when it comes to Christians and one another, it is our place to judge. I can hate the sin in my own life and absolutely call out and hate the sin in your life and declare to everyone like this person is not an example of Christ. And Ravi was not. Out of respect to his victims, I'm not even going to pretend like I was on him like that. Like because I've grown up Christian, I've heard his name before. I probably heard him on Christian radio, but he's not like, he's not like somebody that I can be like, oh, he did this and this impacted my life in this incredible way. But out of respect for his victims, he's not even somebody I'm going to dive into because he was a whitewashed tomb. He was absolutely two-faced in it. And one of the disciples talked about, well, what do we do about people who are just using the gospel in order to you know, get money or whatever, but they're not true believers. And then the other disciple responded and said, hey, if they're preaching the gospel and people are coming to Christ, then that's what I'm going to focus on. So I can understand Evie's sentiment in that. But for me, if somebody were to, you know, shoot my husband, but they had really good children's books, I wouldn't be like, oh, but they're children's books. No, they were a horrible person for his victims to hear people being like, oh, but he still did this. But while he was doing that, he was also telling these women that he was raping and sexually abusing and manipulating that the reason he was able to do that is because of his ministry and he told them if you speak out about this then millions of people are going to lose their faith like what a false prophet how dare you Ravi how dare you up until the point of I think he died in May right May 2020 so in March 2020 and I'll send this to you Evie he was still denying allegations up against him saying that people were lying while at the same time he literally was saying out loud from his mouth in front of his constituents or the people who are part of uh, his organization which I forget the name of it he was saying that he had never accepted pictures from his phone and that same month still accepting nudie pictures and sexting how are you going to read a book that Ravi wrote on the sanctity of marriage when he didn't even believe the words that he was saying and I'm surprised, like, I'm sure you, you read the 13 page document, but like the way he was talking to this, these women, that's not the way you talk to women when you have a wife. And guess what, Ravi, you know that because you wrote that. So it's kind of like the people who said they're going to stop listening to R. Kelly and couldn't name a song of his, you know, it's not any sweat off of my back to be like, I'm not supporting this because I never supported it. I think as Christians, it's very important to know the word yourself. This isn't an article, but I watched different videos with people's opinions on it. And one woman was talking about being wholly submitted to God, not to an organization, not to a leader, mm. not to God and his word. Because when you are wholly submitted to God, it's no sweat off your back to flick these leaders away. It's no sweat at your back to call organizations out. We spoke on this podcast once about what happens when you speak truth to power. I've had coworkers throughout the years who look at me like, oh, why would you say this thing? Or why would you approach this person? Because who am I that I would be afraid of man? The only person I fear is the Lord Jesus Christ. Like Evie said, that's the person who can put me in a heaven or a hell. Everybody else, if you're on the God stuff and you call yourself a Christian, okay, if you're not on the God stuff, then I really, I mean, what do we really have to 
talk about because you don't even understand the life. I live in a totally different kingdom than you. So for me, Ravi, no, absolute trash up until his death. And EB's right. I was not on his deathbed. I don't know the thoughts that he was thinking, but the manipulation, the things like, ah, uh, ah. Uh. Also not surprised though, because I mean, even Judas baptized people. Imagine how they felt after they found out after he died, like what? Everybody didn't know off back that Judas betrayed Jesus. What if you were one of the ones that he was your leader? He was your youth pastor. He had you in the water. And now you're out here like, dang, he really sold him out. And then he hung himself. It's like, yikes. But if your foundation is firm, you can be like, yeah, Judas was, he was, you know, not on it. He brought me to Christ and that's where it ends. So if I was someone that Robbie brought to Christ, I'd be like, you know, Robbie spoke the gospel, brought me to Christ. And that's where it ends because he was a false prophet. The Bible talks about how even the demons know who Jesus is, but they're still demonic. They can speak the truth. They they can say Jesus is God's own son, but that doesn't mean they're on it. I have so many thoughts swimming around in my head. I'm just thinking of how us as Christians need to guard our own hearts and minds. I don't know, Robbie, I don't know if he was on this from day one or what, but I would hope that, you know, he came into the gospel or speaking or preaching the gospel with a true heart and, you know, clear heart, mind and intentions. But this is a testament of what happens when you don't stay and guard your heart. You don't stay in how how the devil can get a foothold in your life, wherever you are in your life. If you're not on guard, if you're not staying in the word, if you're not living the word out for yourself and how that to me is like one of the things that stands out. None of us are exempt from the temptation, God's word tells us that he will provide a way out. And I feel sad that this man did not follow God's way out of whatever he was tempted into before he ruined and harmed so many people. And I do think that he did some marvelous works, but but it's like it was tarnished by all these things that he did. And now we have to question or people, not not me, because like you're saying, when you're firm in your relationship with God, but like people who were new in their faith or walking in their faith, and now they're having these questions in their minds of whatever questioning. And, and it's just sad when people who have such a great influence do things that tarnish their influence because we are all representations of God. And while we are not God ourselves, we should be pointing to God. And when we say we're pointing towards God and we do things that are contrary to God's word and who God is, it's devastating to the faith. And so that is my great disappointment. I was listening to this interview actually on The Breakfast Club with my man, Kirk Franklin, which I love. This was like one of the first ways that I, when people talk about, well, we shouldn't judge or we should judge or whatever we, you know, and he was basically saying like, when we judge people, if our intent is just to basically condemn them and just talk about how terrible or trash or whatever they are, that is not really what we're called to do. We're called to point out what were, was done wrong in efforts to win them back to Christ, to bring them back into a right relationship. Well, obviously we can't do that with Robbie. He's gone. In this situation, it's about being able to point people to who God really is. And like you, like Sabrina was saying, like knowing the Lord for yourself so that when man disappoint us, because man will disappoint us, when they do that, we still have a firm foundation in Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior, because these men 
may lead us to Christ, but they're not our saviors. And like a lot of the Christian leaders who, you know, seem to have defended or whatever, I think a lot of that was them seeing their own trash ways, not necessarily in the ways that he was, but everyone, we all know of our own sin in our own lives. And people want to feel like, what if people found out about what I did or whatever? And now you want to create a state of base of grace so that if you ever stumble, you feel like you won't be targeted. At the end of the day, wrong is wrong. And like Sabrina said, you can say that's wrong, but also, yeah, I may lie, but that doesn't mean that I can't say you punching someone out is okay. Twisted T, for example, when I tell you, <laughs> my boy was wrong for hitting that guy with the twisted T. He was wrong. He was wrong, Both but, wrong, also, but he was also wrong. He was wrong, but. I don't. I can't say that. I don't know what he prescribed his beliefs to. That's between him and his own morals. Um, I just know for me and my household, <laughs> punch out is hard. <laughs> I'm just gonna say for me and my household, we're gonna have a lot of conversations about turning the other cheek. Oh my goodness! I am brokenhearted for those who are struggling. These well, some allegations. I don't know what all are true or what stories exactly are true. We know that everything ain't clear in the water. For those who are struggling with their faith in light of this. I would say turn to God, his word, not anyone else's word, the Lord's word. For those victims, I pray for healing. I pray for restoration. And for the rest of us, I say, let this be a lesson that the devil is good at what he does. He's a liar. He has come to steal, kill, and destroy and not be for all of us. So, you know, we need to always be on guard. When we look in the word, that's just another reason, like all of us said, you know, we're not surprised because the word tells us that they're going to be false teachers. They're going to be people who seem one way, but they're really another way. And it even warns about, I have a word for Christian leaders, like from James chapter three, right? Not many of you should become teachers, mm -hmm. my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. Now, obviously that's yeah. talking about the judgment from God, but my goodness. Mm. What are the three things you post almost daily, EB? Friendly reminders, do your devotions, drink water, and then I switch it up with the third one, depending on the day. So like okay. the other one would be, because I know Sabrina just, I think you had mentioned James, but James also let us know that, you know, there's one, I think it's James 4, but there's only one lawgiver and one judge. I think it's James 4, 12, but don't quote me on that. But I know it's in James 4 because I was actually just reading it the other day. But it's one lawgiver and one judge. Now, does that mean other people can't judge or hold people accountably? Yes, of course. But just know that that same measure you use, Scripture tell us that that's the same measure should be used. And that's why I always tell people when people mm -hmm. hit me with a, well, don't judge Sabrina or don't judge Sharika. I'm like, I like the measures I'm judging by. I feel exactly. Like right. And so that's the thing, <laughs> exactly. you know, and of course, does that mean it's perfection on EB side? No, that does not mean that. Does mm. that mean that one sin is this and that? No, I'm not trying to allude or imply that, but I think I try my best to hold myself accountable in the things that I say right. and the things that I do and even the things that I even think because we know that your thoughts can cause you to sin as well or whatnot. So just being mindful of the way that I do interact with other people that if you were to interact with me that same way, hey, we don't we don't keep that same energy. I will also say be open. Like like for me, I know that I'm not perfect. 
And if I have real friends and people who love me, if they're seeing me be trash or doing things that are wrong, I want them to say something. I want them to, because I want to be better. I can think about this one instance. My friend Maggie that we had on the podcast a few weeks or months ago at this point, you know, she was at my house and something happened. And, and later on, she was like, you know what, Sharika, that was wrong. Or you should have said this or whatever. And I was like, you know what? You're right. I should not have done that. She loves me enough to point out that if I did something wrong, me wanting to be better as a human being, as a follower of God, as a lover of God's people, want to be a better person. Or sometimes I may question it. And I'm not saying that I don't accept it, but I might be like, well, why do you think that? Or can you explain to me or show me whatever? But I still want to be open to correction if I need to be corrected. And we need to not always be worried about, well, you're judging me. No, no, no. Let's take the defense down. Don't come with the spirit of defense always. Well, when he was still alive in 2017 and they tried to get it called out, he told the girl that he was going to commit suicide and then they settled. I caught him massaging somebody's full breast, talking about some, I get to do this because of my ministry. You're a gift to me from the Lord. And then I called him out and he said I was judging him. I'm not a violent person, but when I tell you the black would have been hard. And that is the same measure. If I am out here in my ministry, going to the different communities I go into, molesting little boys or raping young men, I want you guys to be like, Sabrina, you're trash. That is trash behavior. Luke 17, three, it talks about like, hey, if your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. If they repent, forgive them, period. That's fine. But the rebuking has to be there. And I don't feel any kind of guilt or shame or fear being like, oh, what about when I do something? Because this is the same energy I would want if I was doing that same thing. Period. To anyone. I don't care. If my husband ever did that, I would have the same energy for him. How blanking dare you? How dare you? It's so wrong. It's just so wrong. Yeah. Another scripture that I thought was interesting And I've, gosh, I've read through the Bible twice, but you know, sometimes you read something and it hits you in a different way. Cause I watched so many videos about it, just trying to wrap my head around everybody's different thoughts. And it's in first Timothy. And it talks about how some men's judgment will come before they die. Others it'll come after. Mm. And I was like, "Mm, well, Mm -hmm. one way you're like, well, this man escaped that. But Mm -hmm. I mean, hopefully for him, he has asked for forgiveness. But if not, that judgment will be final. One may be a little more embarrassing than the other, but one's final and one's not. So Even when one of his co-workers on tour with him was like, hey, it's probably not a good idea for you to be alone or bring the massage therapist with us. He rebuked that man, Ravi did, and iced him out and treated him poorly after that. He didn't even have the heart to receive mm-hmm from his peers. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously there's like a righteous anger in my approach to this that you guys can hear, but it comes from a place of just being heartbroken that this was allowed to occur and for all of the victims. But please, if I ever do that, treat me the way I'm treating Ravi, please. (laughs) All right, so not to, (laughs) I don't even know how to transition from this. (laughs) Uh, Okay, I know how to transition. We're going to go from talking about a false example of love and relationship with the way a man should treat a woman to a really positive example. Today, we're actually going to talk about how two people were the catalyst to how me and my husband are able to have free and open 
love today. Did you guys know that the ban on interracial marriage in the U.S. was overturned because of one couple in, what year do you think it was, Sharika? 62 is in my mind. That's what I'm guessing. Okay, E.B. Wasn't it 67? There you go. E.B. is right. It's 1967. For me, that was crazy because I'm like, my mom was born in 62, like not that long ago. Oh, the other cool thing about this is the guy's, his last name is Loving. So I thought it would be perfect to close out the month of February's back in the day talking about this loving couple. Mildred and Richard Loving left their home state of Virginia to get married. They were warned by Virginia state officials that getting married would be a violation of state law as Richard was white, whatever that means, and Mildred was not. During the trial, it seemed clear that she wanted to stick with her identification as black, especially as far as her lawyer was concerned. But when she was arrested, the police report identified her as Indian. The contributing factor to that is at the time, it was advantageous to be seen as anything but Black. There was this ingrained history in the state of the denial of African ancestry. So Mr. Loving, he was just, I don't know, Virginian, English, Greek, Irish, it's not mentioned, and it must be nice just to be. Anyway, when they returned home, the honeymoon phase one was Mildred getting promptly arrested. Can you imagine, Evie, you get married to Judith and then honeymoon time, your wife goes to jail. When she was finally released, the couple was referred to the American Civil Liberties Union by Robert Kennedy. As the ACLU saw this as an opportunity to end anti-marriage laws, so they jumped at the chance. After making their way through local and state courts, Loving versus Virginia was put before the Supreme Court and the bans on interracial marriage were deemed unconstitutional. It was a landmark victory for couples of different races, for Doug and I, and the Lovings are often heralded as being the catalyst for making it happen. The last law formally prohibiting interracial marriage was overturned in Alabama in 2000. The year 2000, you guys, Alabama was still on it, which is absolutely crazy. The Lovings were featured in a 2016 biopic mm -hmm. called Loving, and that's that. So shout out to the Lovings. Thanks for being brave and fighting so that Doug and I can have the great love that we have. I remember the previews for that movie, which is on Netflix right now. If you are interested, did want to see it, but y'all know I got to be in the right state of mind to be in, you know, ingesting these kind of stories. But this story did seem very powerful just from the clip that I had, um, the trailer that I did watch. EB, what are you expounding on today? I am expounding on something that a lot of people don't like to talk about. And a lot of people don't like to talk about it as far as how people praise certain things individuals find it best for them to just ignore conflict, so to speak. If I would say that would probably be the best way. I don't want to say they tend to suppress their feelings or their thoughts or their words or their actions, because I know that that's not the case. So as we talked a little bit about today, we think of someone like, and I'll just do somewhat of a little recap, talk about how we was feeling the songs, Harry Hoosier and killing it or whatnot, um, being part of that second great awakening and being a top African-American Methodist preacher or pastor and just the great things he's done for the culture and more importantly for the world or I think more importantly but also for the world then we talked about just different relationships and brands and partnerships with people like Ace of Spades and LVMH talked about Kim and Kanye their craziness and their madness and how they're dealing with their conflict where they feel it's best for them to get a divorce and of course the horrible horrendous and I don't even think we mentioned it 
I might be wrong, and if we, we did mention it, I apologize, but the sin that Rabbi continuously committed to those victims or victims, but also his team, also those people he spoke to, just that constant manipulation week after week. So that sin that he carried, start off with this, Sharika, Sabrina, and I know it might be different for everybody or every situation, but Sharika, how do you deal with conflict? I start with a lot of internal dialogue because I am not a person that is good with certain things right off the bat. Like I, I'm like Sabrina is one of these people who has her mind and wit is very smart and she has a great not comeback, but she has like she can succinctly say things like very pretty much instantaneously like in a response. I'm not always like that, especially when it comes to conflict. Let's say something you have wronged me and I'm like, I got to confront EB. I got to have a conversation with myself about what I got to say to you before I have it. And then I try to meet it head on. I approach conflict as a problem that can be solved and from me trying to get an understanding and be understood. So I think that's why for me, I can go back and forth or get really into it because it's not about seeing who's right or wrong. It's like, let me understand you. And this is where I'm coming from. And we can meet in the middle. So I think conflict, honestly, is a gift <laughs> because out of conflict, you get resolution if you're willing to do the work. Uh, but I think of people like my husband and he's just conflict stresses him out. He's like, I'm not trying to get into it. <laughs> you mean, right. what about you? And so I would be similar to both of you actually, but I think it just depends on the level of the conflict or the person I'm having a conflict with, which dives into what I am founding on today. Three quick questions and five quick things with a sentence to go along with each to help us out, right? So when you have a conflict, the first thing you have to do is wonder, how much do you value the person or the issue? Mm. If the person don't matter or the issue don't matter, you're probably not going to stress it. And it might just be a shoulder shrug. Or you might be like, nope, even though I don't care about this person or I don't care about this issue, I'm going to let them know they can't try to like that no more. So we're just going to date that issue. But then that means that the issue did really matter if you felt like that person needed it. The other thing is, do you understand the consequences? And remember, consequences can also be good. Sometimes people hear consequences and they just go to a negative mindset, like what's going to happen to me? Sometimes there's good consequences, like, you know, you got good and bad rewards. So do you understand them fully? What could be the possible outcome? And then the last one is, the one that really makes the most sense to me at times, and I'm pretty sure for y'all too as well, and I hope for the listeners, do you have the necessary time and the energy for all of this? Like, could mm. you be doing something better with your time or with your energy than to exerting it to this individual or to this individual? Now, through my studies, as I talked to y'all a couple of weeks ago, got my master's in organizational leadership, and as we talked about organizations and leaders and how we sometimes put them on a pedestal or they put themselves on a pedestal and then you get to a point of conflict and you're trying to figure it out. It's common of these five conflict management styles. Some people are very, very accommodating and accommodating style forsakes your own needs or desires in exchange for those of others. So it's like whatever makes that person feel better, whatever makes that person feel good, that's what I'm going to do. And it might be because I just simply gave in or you got persuaded to give in or you just want to get rid of it rid of the situation or the person, however you figure it out. The next one is avoiding. An avoiding style completely evades the conflict, meaning if I see this person walking down the hallway, I'm going to hit a U-turn, or I'm going to bust this right, or I'm going to bust this left, or I'm going to sneak into the bathroom, or I'm going to block them on social media. I'm just going to avoid this person as a whole because I ain't got time for it. I ain't got time for them. I ain't got time for their energy. I ain't got time for their pointless word. Another one is compromising. A compromising style attempts to find a solution that will at least partially please all parties. 
Because it's like, okay, maybe Sabrina is not completely wrong, but she's also not completely right. How can we meet in the middle of this situation? Or the next one is collaborating. And as I'm thinking about just some of what Sharika was saying, maybe it was probably those internal thoughts of like, how is this going to play out? And does this work the best for the both of us? Maybe, or maybe not. Collaborating style attempts to find a solution that will meet the needs of all parties. Meaning you get what you want, I get what I want, we go in our separate ways. That might be what we see with Kim and Kanye within their conflict that they're currently having. They may collaborate where everything that you want or desire, it happens and everything that I want and I desire, it happens as well. And then the last one, and this is one when you have conflict styles, you can do as you please, but this is the one I, I kind of don't recommend. And that is competing. A competing style takes a firm stance and refuses to see the perspective of the other parties. I just feel like overall that that's just completely trash. Now, let me take it back. I will say, as we just talked about, for us in the faith, if the conflict is based on the views or their ideology and it's contrary to the scriptures, then I'll refuse their perspective at all costs because it's not compromising God's word. Let me just say that. So that might be something that I would say if it's in some way the competing, when you get that competing and refusing the other perspective as a whole, that's probably because it differs from, I guess you can say God's word. But if it's something about who we prefer as halftime entertainment or sports or games or favorite food or TV shows, it probably wouldn't be one that I would use. Those are the five most common conflict styles. And also don't think that they can't merge together. Sometimes people think like, well, from now on my conflicts, I'm going to be avoiding, or I'm going to always compromise, or I'm going to always accommodate. Like you got to figure out what works for you. And you got to think about the situation of the person or the issue before you decide which route you go in. I posted it on my social media the other day. Conflict is inevitable. Just so you know, conflict will happen. Conflict is inevitable. Combat is optional. Wise mm-hmm. words from Max Lucado. Conflict, it will happen. Right. You will have a differing opinion or a different perspective of somebody else, but it's up to you. If you combat it with that, maybe that nasty energy, maybe positive energy, but it's like, let's go back and forth. It's like, uh, I don't know if we necessarily need that, but you just got to figure out how you manage your conflicts in the future. So that's what I'm expounding on today. And I hope that that helps you out, especially those of you who might have conflicting thoughts about the conversation we just had. That was fantastic, Evie. That's Mm -hmm. a reminder I need for myself because sometimes I'd be be in combat mode for no reason. So (laughs) dang, that was, I needed to hear that. Holy Spirit's already doing a good work. Amen. Yes, he is. (laughs) All right. So what we recommended for the people, y'all? Uh, Speaking of the Holy Spirit and just Jesus and living water, I am going to recommend you guys drink your daily amount of water a day, but I'm going to recommend a certain jug for you so that you can do this easily. This was introduced to me by my friend Tanya, I believe, and it actually really works. It's called a hydro jug. You could get it in different sizes. Uh, If you want to know how many ounces of water you're supposed to drink, a day, I believe you just take your body weight and divide it in two, and that tells you. So the hydro drug comes with 73 ounces, which I'm supposed to drink uh, a little more or less than that. I'm not gonna put my weight up here, but it actually works. I take it with me everywhere. And it's just a good reminder. Do I drink a whole thing every time? No, I do not. But if nothing else, it lets me know how little water I drink. And you guys, when I tell you I drink a little water, 
if I don't know, maybe I was a camel. Well, I don't believe in reincarnation, but just for <laughs> joke's sake, maybe I was a camel or a cactus. Cause I can literally drink maybe a gulp or two of water and I'm good for two days. I've just never been someone who's been a heavy drinker of anything. Water is my drink of choice, but even that I just don't drink a lot right? But I like the hydro drug because drinking water is so necessary. It's, it helps you to be so healthy. Our bodies are made up mainly of water. So d hop into the new year, keeping uh, your health goals on the forefront, get yourself a hydro drug or something to help you drink the recommended amount of ounces of water that you need a day. What you guys got? You know what I'm going to recommend? This just dropped on Disney plus a few a uh, week or so ago. And it's an oldie, but it's a goodie. Cinderella, Rogers and Hammerstein, 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 whatever you call it. Cinderella with Brandy, Whoopi Goldberg, the late Whitney Houston. My mom was a music teacher growing up and I saw the original Rogers and Hammerstein musical Cinderella. I loved it then and I loved the songs. I was all into it. So through music class, my mom used to play that original one. Then they came out with this new version when I was a youngster with Brandy. It was such a multicultural cast, which was a big thing then. And the song still rang true. And it was it was just a good time. I remember when it debuted on TV. I remember the whole thing. And it's a good time. It reminds you of simpler or reminds me of simpler times. But the music is fun. It's cute. It's fun. It's a good time. So check out Cinderella on Disney+. Plus. That was my movie as a kid i need to it's so good it's so good it is <sighs> so what i'm recommending might not be for every audience oh sabrina looks nervous that that's why did he hit us with the side first i'm like is he gonna like, again? no 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 i'm definitely not doing that i'm definitely not doing that but i am coming for people who like this type of stuff i don't know i like i just like to say it well i'll say it but i'm not i don't know think it's necessarily a bad thing like watching weird or interesting things that people create, so to speak. Like mm -hmm. what what puts you in a place that you thought this would be beneficial to society in the art form of a TV show? So for those of you who have Netflix, and for those of you who don't, I apologize. You better get somebody's password. But what I'm <laughs> recommending is a show on Netflix called The Sinner. The Sinner, like S-I-N-N-E-R. It's in a small town, New York. A haunted, de a, ha a haunted detective hunts for answers about perplexing crimes while wrestling with his own demons. So this haunted detective out here trying to solve crimes and he, and he got his own stuff going on. And every season is different. One is a kid who murdered his parents. Another one is a girl who at the beach and basically just went into what some would call a temper tantrum and stabs a stranger to death. And another one, if I remember the one about Julian was, well, I'm telling y'all, I mean, I, I, just watch it. It's three seasons, eight episodes each. And if you don't get through maybe season one, episode one and two, then maybe it's not for you, but it's just interesting. Just watch it. I think you'll enjoy it. It's weird, but it's interesting. And he's just a detective. Weird is fun sometimes. And you know, I'm not into the killings, but you know, I, I'm here. I appreciate the weird uh, recommendation. Shout out to the faithful ones who be hitting me up. Like, where's the episode? 
listen, this month I've been, I've been busy, but next month we really do drop on Saturdays. So stop texting me. I'd be working on it. And sometimes not, like, not just be me, not just me. Like if we're traveling, if we're on the road, if we record later in the week, it's going to come out later. Appreciate our faithful kickback listeners. We thank y'all for even being concerned about where we at. We're happy that y'all are enjoying our time together. So thank y'all so much for being concerned. At least it's better than crickets. And I'm like, we didn't care if y'all was dropping or not. <laughs> Yeah, they definitely be, people definitely be on it. People definitely be on it. As always, people, if you down with the squad, share it with your people and make sure you subscribe to the pod. And of course, y'all know the y'all know the slogan, but today I'm gonna hit y'all with something else before I hit y'all with the slogan. Just because it's been stuck in my head. And maybe I should have started off the podcast with this song. Cause like all as we've been recording, I just been thinking about the homie. And I say the homie because I wish I could meet her and I think she'll be like great. To be on the kickback one of these days, like really in person, just because of her energy. But my dog Cardi B, her song up, like, and I know it's not the song for everybody, and it's not even the song for me because some of the stuff she say it ain't for me. But when they get to that chorus and it say if it's up, then it's up, then it's up, then it's stuck. So for those of y'all who just keep on waiting for the podcast to be up on wherever your streaming service, just know that it's stuck on there right now. Make sure you share it to your people. And if life tries to kick you down, make sure you kick back. We love y'all. <laughs>